You are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I get to welcome a Pacific Northwest nerd to the show, Frankie, a.k.a. Tetsuo, the new champion of M'Baku. What's going on? Not much, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty well. It's warm in the Pacific Northwest, but, I mean, the real heat is coming off of your recent victory at Paradox. Um, which, I mean, obviously with all these random qualifiers, you know, how hard is any individual one to win, but you had to, there was quite a few people who are kind of LVO invitational veterans, um, and other people that are, uh, have done very well in general at a lot of different games, trying their hand at MCP. And you came out on the top of this one with Wakanda. So let me just start off by saying, congratulations, Frankie, you, you did great. Like that's, a, that's an impressive victory. <laughs> Yeah, it was a uh, no easy path, you know. Um, I think I went up against more than a few people who are very good opponents, um, and you know, was not an easy path at all. But we made it. Absolutely, and I mean, steel sharpens steel, and you know, sometimes it's those those amazing games is you know maybe what helps you pave the way towards you know how you do um, in the invitational, possibly down the road. So. Um, before we get into kind of anything about your games, I really want to kind of back off for just a second and be like, what, what kind of drew you to Wakanda? Was it specifically the M'Baku release or have you always been drawn to the Wakandan affiliation? And then this just gave you an opportunity to kind of hop back into them. Um, it was specifically the M'Baku release. Um, I have always been a fan of the character, um, you know, comics, movies, wasn't too big into the Black Panther himself, but I have always been there for M'Baku. And then as soon as they announced that he was going to be joining the roster, of course, I had to jump on Wakanda and start practicing him. Yeah, I was never a big M'Baku fan from, you know, like the cartoons or anything like that. But Winston's portrayal of M'Baku has made him one of my favorite characters. So seeing that this character is finally in the game, I'm very excited about and I mean, this has been a character from day one. I loved playing Wakanda and I, I was like, when, when do we get in Baku? And it has finally happened. And you, you have put together a really interesting roster. So what about in Was it just the character or do you also like, man, this card pulls me um, in? The, the character was the initial draw. Um, before this, I was playing criminal syndicate with the okay. new Modoc. Yeah. And once they actually released the card and, you know, showed off his leadership and everything, it was basically the criminal syndicate leadership that I had already been using. Um, and it was just on a character that I liked a lot more. So I figured <laughs> I'd go ahead and make the switch. Yes, that uh, that does seem like an easy transition. Um, so, uh, for, so it seems like then you basically play the M'Baku leadership all the time. Is there any situations where you flex to the panther leadership or is it just always in baku i have not run into a situation yet that made me want panther over in baku okay um, reasonable i think the only time i would do it is if for some reason i wanted to not run panther and baku and killmonger at the same time 
Okay. Um, but as long as those three are on the table, I think M'Baku's my go-to. Do you find that you're playing those three characters in the vast majority of your games? Uh, yeah. I kind of built the list around the idea that I had this core 12 points of threat, and then, you know, from 15 up, I had other characters that I would add into it. Gotcha. Um, so uh, starting at 15, do you have a, do you have a favorite three from the roster or does it, does it flex quite a bit? Um, it's pretty much always Luke Cage, um, or sorry, not Luke Cage, Iron Fist. For some reason, I always say Cage when I need Fist. <laughs> it's uh, all good. No, um, the idea is those three plus a character that generates more than one power per turn. Okay. Um, so that allows you to do, I don't know if you've seen the sort of theorized turn one spirit of Wakanda play. I have, I've at least heard of variations of it. I don't know if it's the specific one that you're doing, but, uh, I've, I get the gist of it. Yeah. So the idea is, you know, at 15, uh, Iron Fist, for example, he does R and D to give both M'Baku and, uh, usually it's Panther, um, an extra power. And then Panther will play spirit of Wakanda to give M'Baku, Killmonger, and uh, Iron Fist two power. Uh, so it usually ends up with Killmonger with enough power to grab an objective and charge if he wants to, uh, as well as M'Baku having the power to turn one Jabari Chieftain if I really feel the need for it. <laughs> nice. Um, is that, cause obviously that kind of requires, um, an E setup for the most part. Is that something that you've kind of worked into some of the, the B setup games? Like, does that come up on infinity formula or Mad Men, or does that mostly, mostly end up being a plan for the E shape? Uh, that's generally the plan for the E shape. Um, I've got built in some safe midline grabs for the other shapes, um, you know, for C's or, uh, D's or what have you. Gotcha. Um, in general though, I try to play the E shapes. Yeah. That makes sense. So let's talk a little bit more about your, your character selection. Okoye can always be a, a weird spot for Wakanda because she often feels like she doesn't synergize that well with Panzer's leadership anymore. Um, after her nerf, um, she used to be, you know, potentially, you know, my, my pick at the time, like best character in the game. Um, now she's kind of a shadow of herself, but you're running, you're running uh, M'Baku all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. was it hard to pick your two threat or was Okoye kind of the obvious pick for you after your test games? Uh, Okoye was kind of the obvious pick mostly because, you know, as I mentioned, I built my game plan around that turn one spirit of Wakanda. And if I can fit Okoye in there, she is generally the one playing spirit. So that way Panther is not starting energyless um, and okay. he can pounce on everything on turn one. So at like, say, 17, you might run that same package, but add in Okoye. Right. Yeah. So okay. at 15, it's just fist. Uh, 16 is bill. 17 is fist plus Okoye. Uh, and then 18, 19, and 20 are the 4, 5, and 6 plus Okoye. Okay. Very cool. All right. So Okoye, Okoye is actually making it into a lot of setups. That That's nice to nice to see her return. Um, so Shuri made made the pick. Obviously, in, in the current meta, bees don't come up that much. But then it seemed like they were coming up for you at the event. Um was it Shuri mostly for the bees, or when 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 does Shuri make the cut? Um, Shuri comes in when um, 
So at the start of the game, I basically just have to determine whether I'm the beatdown uh, is a is a magic term for it. Yeah. Um, Shuri comes in if I decide that I am going to be playing defensive that game. Um, okay. So she's in there for the defensive rerolls and the pushing people away. Um, but if I determine that I'm going to be the aggressor for the game, I typically don't bring her. Okay, that makes sense. Does it obviously against say like guardians running Thanos or something like that, she can push a lot of characters, but when you end up in some of the matchups like Malekith and maybe like Malekith X plus Hulk, obviously she's not as impactful from the pushing side, but still the rerolls. Um, does mm-hmm. that matter at all? Or does she still, still make the cut in those sort of situations? Um, she typically doesn't make the cut there. Um, because okay. of the leadership, I find myself not needing the knee roll. Are not needing the rerolls nearly as much. Okay. Seems good. Um, because oh. nine times out of ten, it ends up just being a free extra damage per attack or per turn. So, yeah, I can see that. So then, uh, the rest of the roster starts to make a lot of sense right away, um, mm-hmm. because obviously, as you mentioned, you want to always have a character um, with multiple power for advanced R and D. So. You know, we're, you know, you're obviously Beta Ray Bill is a fantastic choice at the fourth threat. Um, Ebony Ma does some really cool stuff. And then Hulk at six, you know, sim- similar concept. Um, mm. Was there any, like, in the five slot, was that always Ma? Or was there anything else that you tested there? Or does Ma just, like, become kind of a, a staple? Well, um, once I sort of got the idea of Maw into my head, I was kind of sort of bouncing around what my five was going to be. But as soon as I thought about Maw, I pretty much locked him in. Um, he has the benefit of on his uh, builder, he can advance people as long as he gets the wild trigger. Yeah. And so he falls into a similar, similar role to Shuri, where he is controlling where people are standing and you know who's on what points and things like that. Except he's also, you know, uh, a mystic powerhouse. Um, he does a ton of damage. Yeah, he he also brings a lot of uh, throws to the team, which mm-hmm. you otherwise don't have a ton of. Um, so it does seem like your your kind of flex spot um, often you know brings a lot of throwing powerhouse. Um, yep, and also, I, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, fist is the only flex spot that doesn't have a throw. So. Yeah, it'd be kind of it'd be almost funny if you were running Valkyrie in that spot, um, just because then you're like, "Ha, ah, my flex is always throwing characters." <laughs> I um, uh, Valkyrie had actually crossed my mind. I just decided that I really wanted Heroes for Hire in my list. I mean, Heroes for Hire is a great card. I really can't blame you there, um, but that might be an interesting spot if like somebody's loving this roster, but they want to like make a few tweaks. It'd be really interesting to see how Valkyrie does there. Obviously, she was a staple in like some of the original Wakanda lists, and one of the things I was liking about your design here, um, as much as I, I try not to use the the control versus the beatdown too much because it, it just gets kind of wonky in the direct transition because um mm-hmm. beatdown is fast in magic whereas like control is usually the fast scoring in this so like some of the correlations don't directly transfer mm-hmm. but you have this this ability to switch to kind of a control displacement game plan um and that's something that like bill and ma and even hulk and like panther like can all shift really well into that role when you need it, like mid game, 
or switch away from that role when you need it. Um, and so it's interesting, like Valkyrie also comes to mind as a character that can kind of do both. Um, and obviously like Fist does a bit of that too. Um, but I, I, I love the pivot ability in this. Have you found that to be kind of a, kind of essential overall to have so many characters that can kind of switch between those two game plans? Uh, absolutely. And you know, you, you hit all the key ones. Um, it, it is worth noting Mbaku also has that similar push on his builder as well. So yeah, he does pretty, have a pretty really much solid push. Yeah. Everyone in the entire roster is designed to control where the opponent is standing at any given time. And whereas Killmonger isn't like you wouldn't think of him as control, but he does interesting things to your opponent's deployment and character selection. Um, and so he, while he's not like really a control character, I think as you get really good with a roster like this, I think you'll notice the things that Killmonger does to your opponent's play, which still can provide you interesting advantages in the control game. Yeah, absolutely. I basically put Killmonger anywhere that I don't want them to stand, and they do their best <laughs> to stay away from him. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's a good role for him for sure. Um, okay, so um, talking about your crisis cards, um, you're you're running both demons and gamma wave, obviously mm-hmm. because you like that that E setup, um, and then you put in Mayor Fisk as the other one what what led you towards fisk as that third secure um the the fifth secure is mostly because um if i find myself behind or i'm playing the more aggressive plan where i'm not focused so much on points um yeah fisk adds in a nice little backstop with the stun um so that way when i am throwing you know five six damage at a time into characters they're still only getting that one point of energy so it's really hard for them to crack back at me well, it also does it do, is Mayor Fisk close enough that you could almost essentially deploy in that um, in that same setup like you would for an E because Absolutely, like Panther is yeah. so fast and yeah you would yeah okay yeah um, pretty much everyone on my team can reach uh, well the important people can reach the uh, midline with a single action. Um, you know, Killmonger has the charge as his second action and Panther can throw himself to the midline. Um, yep. so the idea is I just get myself up to the midline with an action left over and then use that action to sort of push them off of the objective after they've activated, you know, standard, standard displacement stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's, it's, it's interesting how for a lot of people and a lot of game plans that does not, that can't be the third kind of E central brawly game plan, but it's interesting that for Wakanda that it, it kind of is, and that's, that's, that's unique. Um, and so I think that would be a cool takeaway. I think some people who might listen to this or they see your roster um, and they're, they're one of their first instincts might go, well, okay, maybe I'm going to drop Fisk for something else because I think that's kind of a weak spot in a lot of people's game plans is mm-hmm. that they're not as well versed with Fisk. But I mean, just from our discussion, my advice to the listeners would be to, I would try it with Fisk first as I really like your, I like your concept there. Yeah, and you know, even from the the idea of throwing damage out, Fist does do the one damage per turn. You know, if you're not on the if you're not controlling the objective, so 
it just adds to your ability to put damage out and get characters off the board quickly. Yep, softens soften things up. Yeah. All right, so extracts, you went with hammers and research station and scrolls. Um, what kind like, obviously hammers, like, plays into the natural, like, uh, murder game plan already. Research station is, you know, also kind of fits that kind of central game plan and very attrition focused. But then you got scrolls. Scrolls is kind of a little bit different. What, what made you pick scrolls as the third? Um, scrolls was more of a decision to once again, control where my opponent's standing. Right. Every okay. time they pick up a scroll, they risk me being able to put them where I want them to go. Um, so less less easy to run away with them. More chances that it just pushes someone into Killmonger's death zone or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I had one game. Um, oh, who was I playing against? I think it was round three. So it was against Danny. Yeah, um, I was gonna where... say. I think, I think round three was uh, was my bro. Uh, I got their, I think it was him, it was whoever was playing Iron Fist, I got their Iron Fist into my deployment uh, on turn (laughs) one, and so their Iron Fist disappeared on turn two. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Um, And again, that was because they double moved and tried tried to grab the far scroll, and then just got pushed into my deployment zone. Panther walks behind them, pushes them even further into the deployment zone. <laughs> and then they're just kind of stuck there. Ouch. Yeah. I'm sure that's uh that's not something that anybody, that anybody wants to experience. And I mean, for the most part, your list, it, it isn't filled with characters. You would naturally think just murder iron fist. But when you combine the leadership with just, tons of murder potential you know iron fist is gonna fold especially if you just like whiff one defense roll yeah it's uh it's pretty hard for iron fist to stand up to taking you know four to six attacks on turn one yeah 100 percent. so um looking at your tactics cards uh, i mean mm-hmm. i don't think there's anything in here that i look at and go Wow, that's a that's a strange pick, right? We'd all just read it off real quick. Wakanda Forever, mm. Spirit of Wakanda, Jabari Chieftain, Eyes on the Prize, Brace, Vibranium Shielding, Asurp the Throne, Advanced R and D, Shush, and Heroes for Hire. It's just mm-hmm. like a list of great tactics cards. Yep. Um do you have any logic or game plan to help you figure out which ones do you take? Are you always taking Usurp the Throne when you're playing Killmonger? Does he come in in search and matchups? How do you how do you pick and choose? Like, is there any of these where you could give a little guidance? Like, oh, I only bring in Vibranium Shielding against Thanos and Malekith, or you know, any anything that you could kind of provide for the listener who might be like wanting to test this out a bit. Uh sure. Um, so uh, for Usurp the Throne, um. I typically bring that in anytime I'm bringing Killmonger. Okay. Um, that plus Jabari Chieftain just kind of guarantees that you're getting, you know, I think it's nine dice on your first attack <laughs> if you're using the builder. Um, and Stuff so, melts. yeah. Um, but if I suspect they're bringing someone like the Hulk or Malekith or, you know, Immortal Hulk, someone I don't think I can uh, kill pretty easily, uh, Usurp stays on the bench for something else. Okay. Um, the only ones that are really locked in are R and D and Spirit of Wakanda. Um, those are the two that get brought every game because that 
you know, gives you that jump start of having three to four power on everyone on turn one. So Wakanda Forever is not a 100% take for you? It is not. Um, I had one or two games where I left uh, Killmonger at home um, because I, you know, I they had a Hulk plus something else, and I suspected that Killmonger wouldn't do enough against them to warrant usurp the throne. Okay. Uh, so I, I left Killmonger at home, and at that point, my my Wakanda Forever was basically Panther, Umbaku, and Okoye. Okoye doesn't do much on Wakanda Forever because. You know, she's a four-die builder. Yeah. Uh, Shuri is getting max one damage out of Wakanda forever. And so at that point, you've only really got two characters that are going to do a ton of damage with it. And so at that point, it's kind of, is this worth a tactics card? That's a, it's, it's a hard pill for me to swallow personally, because I still think Wakanda forever might be the best card in the game. And like, even just having that sort of card for Black Panther and... Um, an Mbaku, that's it seems so good, but your your card list is so good that I can understand why it gets difficult. Um, a lot of times it does get dropped in favor of, uh, for example, I dropped it for Eyes on the Prize in uh, my game against the X Men. Uh, I think it was X Men. It was whoever I played Hammers against. Um, because the yeah, it was X Men. The idea is, you know, Hulk grabs two hammers with eyes on the prize. Uh, he just, you know, grabs, walks, walks, grabs, and then they have to decide whether they're taking that midline objective and risking themselves or sitting at home and giving me a third hammer. Makes sense. And I, I think putting that fear in the opponent and forcing them to potentially make the incorrect choice on turn one uh, trumps Wakanda forever. Fair enough. So... Talking about the event, you lost priority all four games. Yep. Which is certainly not what most people would prefer going into an event. Um, so you, you obviously had this really powerful game plan that um, hinged a little bit on your secures, but then you ended up playing on other people's secures the whole time. Yep. Um did it feel like an uphill battle or was it more of like you just kind of started realizing just how strong you were on a wide variety of secures? Uh, it was definitely the latter. Um, it, I was genuinely shocked at how well the list performed on the other secures, given that everything was designed to be on E and be in the middle of the board the entire game. I mean... Um, Bees in general have always been kind of a good spot um, for Wakanda, um, but you ended up playing on a D. You played on Cosmic Invasion for your mm -hmm. for the finals game. That that it had to at least be a moment there where you're like, that was not what I wanted. Um, no, that entire game was a sequence of this is not what I wanted. <laughs> um, there was two very important things that happened in that game on the last turn that decided that game. Um, I got very lucky with a single attack of Usurp into Amazing Spider-Man. Um, because Killmonger was on the other side of the map, and so I essentially had to walk, walk, and then Wakanda forever to even get an attack onto him. Um, and when you're saying it out loud, it sounds like a terrible idea. 
Um, but it was either try that or I'm definitely losing. And so Killmonger one shot Amazing Spider-Man with a single Wakanda Forever attack. And then M'Baku killed uh, Spider-Woman with a single attack. And uh, the you'll, you'll notice I won by exactly one point. The Usurp the Throne was the deciding factor of that game. I did notice the one point. I did not know that it was Usurp the Throne for the victory. Was uh, was Spider-Man at full health? or He was. Okay, so you had to, you had to get a full six damage through on a seven dice? Yep. Uh, well, it was nine because of Shibari Chieftain. Oh, okay. Uh, nine I basically dice. gambled the entire game on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is also just the sort of thing that Usurp the Throne opens up. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, obviously that's three cards, um, yep. but it, it gives you the opportunity. And I think that's something that you you just have to look for, right? When you're playing good opponents and having great games and lots of other things haven't gone your way, like the priority roll and the um, the card flip and maybe even other things as well, you, you look for the outs, and sometimes mm-hmm. you you have to go for the thing, and it's a conversation I've had with opponents a number of times, where they'll hit, they'll hit a point, and I'm like, "Hey, I, I'm winning. If you don't go for X, you lose. You're like, yeah. it might it might only be a ten percent chance. It might be less, but when you're in that situation, if you have a play, if you have an out, you go see if it can deliver, and man can." Uh, Man can Killmonger deliver sometimes. He can whiff sometimes, too. But man, if that boy is alive in a control matchup, he can turn things around. Oh, absolutely. And when you factor in the fact that his pierce is not just one point of free damage because of the leadership, it's two extra points of damage. Um, The math starts looking a lot better. Yeah, and at nine dice, right, you have a pretty reasonable odds of getting one and mm-hmm. like compossibly even get multiple so that it's harder for um Spider-Man to uh um you know uh throw his sarcastic wit at you and create some rerolls. Mhm. Yeah, and I had a couple of kill tokens on me, so I had a few rerolls built into the attack, so Nice. So like, I mean, it it might seem dicey, like it's probably not a 50-50 in your favor. Um, no, definitely it, not. But it's probably not that bad. I mean, if someone did the did the math, um, I mean, if I just did a rough guess, I mean, I would say something in maybe the 30 to 40% range. No, yeah, um, that sounds about right. I'm no math guy, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, totally understand. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someone said it was 25, but uh, my, my instinct thinking about nine dice, pierce, leadership, couple of re-rolls, um, I, I it's it's not crazy, but um, I mean that's some of the things. That's the thing that the control player has to worry about, right? When you're playing, mm-hmm. um, when you're playing something like webs, and you're just trying to keep somebody exposed, that's the sort of thing where you're you got to be thinking about those moments where someone can swing things back. And usurp the throne's been off people's radar in a big way. Um, where I mean. <laughs> I remember playing a lot of my first games where a SERP was on one side of the table or the other, and man, can that just card just end a game or pull someone back in. So, Yeah, uh, it can absolutely change the texture of the match. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 nuts. Um but all right. Well, I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes. Obviously, an Mbaku fan like yourself. Um of the question obviously I've been throwing some various questions at you. Is there anything about this list that you just want to tell people that you're excited about or maybe some subtleties that haven't quite fallen into the questions that I'm asking? Um not not really. The list has a very straightforward game plan. Um, I will comment that I never even considered bringing Winter Soldier in, so he's the first character that I swapped out once I got back home. <laughs> um, he did absolutely nothing. I was basically playing with a nine-character roster. Um, so going into the event, did you did you have a situation that you imagined him for, or is it just one of those things like, oh, he's a flexible three, he has good synergy with Wakanda, like keep him um, in but then just never fit into any of the builds winter soldier is just kind of my default 10th character if i don't really know oh. who to put there um he's just there to fill out the roster anytime you're running hammers winter soldier is going to have a, a reasonable chance to be good so yeah i suppose he could be valkyrie right like what we were talking about that that's a that's a slot where you could play around with a different three um she doesn't require a card that could be something worth trying um, I, I actually, the thing that I've been testing out in that slot is Ancient One, surprising enough. Oh, I'm not surprised by that at all. I think she's really solid. That gives you a, another Mystic Attacker, but also multiple power generation? Uh, yeah, she has the multiple power generation. She is Mystic for when I really need it. She has a Pierce built into her builder, so the same concept as Killmonger of it being two damage for the wild instead of one. Um... And because of the Spirit of Wakanda play, she typically starts the game with three power, which gives her enough power to walk, place, grab an objective, and then walk back for a safe grab. Nice. Obviously, you can't do that first activation in this setup, but... Um, uh, no, it's... you absolutely can't. Um, it's almost impossible not to have to do it first, because whoever is playing advanced R&D has to take the first turn. Um, and then Spirit of Wakanda gives her two power back to the one that she. Oh right, yeah, she could play advanced R and D and still do all of it. Yeah, that yep. that part hadn't clicked. Okay, yep. yeah, that's that's fabulous. Yeah, no, um, it, it it works out really well. <laughs> nice. No, I, I like that inclusion. Um, I think Ancient One is a is a character that should probably see more play in a lot of rosters. Um, so I'm glad that 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 fits in. So over your various games with this roster, um, are there things in the meta that you actively feel advantaged into? And are there things where you still feel like matchup X is, is a rough spot for you that maybe you need to like figure out a way to improve that matchup down the road? Um, I think I'm favored into pretty much any list that really wants to brawl. Um, you know, if their game plan is fighting, I'm pretty confident that I can outfight them. Okay. Um, a couple things that really give you trouble are teams that are very heavy on um, uh, energy damage because Mbaku is the four-two-four, yeah. so he's pretty easy to dumpster with energy. Um, and then I know Convocation is a very hard matchup for this because. Almost all of the defensive tech in the entire list is geared towards um, 
you know, uh, physical and energy. There's very little mystic defense there. Yeah, I could see that that creating some awkwardness. Obviously, as a as an X Men player, and I love playing Flip Secures. One of my big sadnesses when I saw Mbaku was the two energy defense, because that worried it, it worried it kind of exacerbated a uh, um, a potential flaw into the the Flip Secures. How have you found that matchup to be overall? I mean, obviously, it sounds like you took down an X Men on your way to the victory. Um, are you feeling comfortable on like the the Flip Secure matchup? What is what are your thoughts at the moment? Um, I think X-Men are favored, um, just because they do have the prevalence of energy attacks. Um, but the thing that, you know, typically puts X-Men so far ahead of everyone else, the first class play on turn one. Um, if you don't want to do the beatdown plan, the Spirit of Wakanda functions as a fine first class mock-up. You know, everyone starts with three power, that gives you the energy to interact with multiple objectives and still have your power left over for the turn. Well, um, and obviously you are running a lot of characters that come with multiple power generation, which can be a flaw into the flip secure game plan for a lot of rosters where you just run into, well, I can't pick up an extract and interact, but your roster kind of naturally brings a lot of characters that does that. Yep. Um, because of Spirit of Wakanda, pretty much everyone can do that on turn one. Um, it's a, it's a really, it, it definitely kept me on pace with X-Men for that first turn. And then, you know, I got to get in with the ma- with the physical stuff and just sort of tear them apart from there. Yeah, so, like, it definitely... Your, your list brings, like, such a mix of control and kind of ability to punish. Um, I mean, it kind of reminds me of an X-Men roster in a lot of ways where you, you have a lot of characters that just can be really punishing on one-on-one fights. Yeah, and because because of just how scary that is for a lot of players, I've noticed a a lack of desire to want to be on the midline versus me. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people tend me. to stay home on their D objective or, you know, their homie or whatever we're playing at the time. Yeah. Um, because everyone in my roster can hit you if you're on the midline on turn one. I love it when rosters can do that. Mm. Um. Yeah, you've got a you've got a lot of ability to dump pain in the middle. That uh that certainly frustrates some players. So um obviously you came from you came from criminals, you got into Wakanda. Is this seeming like something that you're gonna stick with for a while? Uh probably. Um I think I'll have to see how the new Ultron shakes out. Um Ultron is another favorite character of mine, so um I'm going to be sticking with Wakanda at least until we see the Ultron card. And then depending on what we see there, I may swap over to that or stick with this. Yeah, I feel you on the the Ultron. He was one of the characters I was most excited about when I picked up the core box back in the day. And uh, yeah, that was some disappointment. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely tried to make him work for like the first two months that I was playing in the game. And I was just continually disappointed by him. Totally fair. Um, so, uh, Las Vegas open, not that, not that crazy of a flight. Is this something where you think that you're going to make the trip and try your hands in the invitational? Oh, I'm absolutely going to make the trip. Um, you know, I hadn't planned on it and I was just kind of going to these, uh, events just to get more practice in and play more games. Um, but once, you know, 
qualifying became a, a real concept, uh, I decided that if I got it, I was going. So Nice. Well, congratulations. I, I look forward to judging some of those games in the future. Um, so do you think that there's a reasonable chance that like you might stick with Wakanda and represent Wakanda? Because last year we had someone representing them. However, they had asked not to be streamed. So I didn't get to stream any Wakanda games, which was a little bit of a sadness for me. Um, but um, are, are you liking them enough that this might still be in that consideration come January? Yeah. Um, barring any major changes to the tactics cards uh, ban restricted list, um, I pretty much see myself sticking with Wakanda almost exclusively outside of the potential Ultron switch. Very nice, very nice. Do you have a? Do you have any hope releases? Like, is there something where you're working on this roster and you're kind of like, I wish that I had something that does X, or do you feel like you just kind of like have your have your slots finished? Obviously, we could very easily have a uh, a new Black Panther and a new Killmonger before uh, before LVO as well. So that's exciting. Yeah, no, I'm very excited for that. I am not a huge fan of this iteration of Black Panther, at least. Um, he does what I need him to do, but if the other Black Panther is even a little bit similar at 4th Threat, I'll definitely be swapping over. That's, that's so hard for me to hear. Black Panther's one of my favorite characters in MCP. You hurt oh, my no. soul a little, Frankie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's okay. Well, there's there's a reason why there's variety, so that uh, there can be something for everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Black Panther might be Black Panther's probably my most played character in MCP overall. Uh, I think that's probably might, true. Out of the list that I've played for more than one game, he might be one of my least played characters. Crazy. Um, I I think the only reason. I'm still including him is because he is a potent, like potent four threat for Wakanda. Um, I'm really disappointed at his lack of Pierce on his builder. <laughs> he should not have Pierce on top of everything else that he does. Oh man. Um, but um, oh man, that's. I'm just. I'm uh, just. My mind is rolling around. Like the concept of Black Panther needing Pierce. There was a point when I argued that Black Panther was the best four threat in the game. Not true oh, now. No, definitely not now. I could yeah. see that argument being made closer to when I started playing, but yeah, there's been a lot of bottles that come out since then. Yeah, the 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 crazy the fours have just like now he's I think he's still competitive, but uh man, like the fours have just gotten gotten nuts. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, potential changes. Is there anything um, in the crisis selection that you've kind of started shifting on um, after this event? Or do you feel like all the tactics cards are kind of locked in? Um, the tactics cards are, are pretty set in stone. Um, they all have their own functions. I think I if, if I were going to make a choice, it would be swapping demons out. Um, okay. It was in there as sort of, you know, it's an E-deployment, and, you know, it takes away their defense dice. Um, but I'm very quickly learning that it also takes away my defense dice. Yes, it's definitely <laughs> one that can that can make the swings 
right? Where you're like, okay, I'm winning and I'm scoring points, but then suddenly the incinerate means that a character gets dazed when you didn't want them to get dazed. Um, so if you dropped demons, what do you think you'd be putting in? Oh, now that is a tough call. Um, I probably want something, uh, you know, once again, very close uh, grouped together. Uh, let me pull up this real quick. I mean, there isn't something that immediately jumps out to me as being the being the perfect fit, but you played on a bunch of other people's secures. Like, I know it doesn't fit your your super game plan, but Infinity Formula has always been a strong um, a strong secure for Wakanda in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that or even uh, another consideration would have been riots, um, just to give me that little bit of healing here and there. That makes sense. And and as we said, you have a lot of characters who can threaten those midline secures. Mm-hmm. Um and so it might be something that uh might be something to test. I'm curious if you um if you end up feeling like you out brawl some of like the Malekiths and Thanos on an E, like is it better to have your, your characters be kind of spread out, or does it mean that you kind of cave to whichever side Malekith ends up being on. I'd be really curious to see how those play out. Um, I'm actually more confident in my ability to outbrawl Malekith specifically than a lot of characters. Um, mainly because he's a size 4 character, and M'Baku has a sizeless throw built in. Yeah, that can be super punishing. Yeah, um, I, I was actually playing a game earlier today where... I, the entire plan was just throw Malekith into as many people as possible. <laughs> and it turns out, you know, when you're, when you're getting four attacks a turn and then also getting two throws a turn out of it, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, that's, that can be rough. Like whenever you're tossing a size four character into, um, into their allies, you know, because a lot of the time, it seems like all the size fours always come with some kind of a uh, kind of soft three, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like a mystique or something who just does not want to be thrown into. Yep. Um, tricking Red Skull players into going to the uh, energy side of their defense so that they're not immune to collisions and then throwing Malekith or Hulk into them is one of my favorite things to do. God, my experience with Red Skull is, like, the defense is never worth the immunity to, uh, the immunity to collisions. Like, it's, oh, man, I would be, like, super skeptical about switching him off of it. But sometimes, sometimes you still got to worry and you got to hope. But, um, man, overall, I just, uh, I really like this roster. It's a, it's a little more brawly than I would probably normally play, but, uh, it, it brings, brings Wakanda back in a big way. Um, was there anyone that kind of helped with the roster or helped with the play testing that you kind of want to give a shout out to? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Bryce Tippett, uh, he was one of the other players up at the event. Um, he lives like right down the street from me. Uh, he and I do a ton of testing. Nice. Uh, Matt, Matt L, another one of the players there, um, also lives pretty close to me. He and I do a ton of testing. And then, um, Adam, uh, I cannot remember Adam's last Bloom? name, but he, or, um, uh, no, you the have other multiple Adam. Adams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not Adam Bloom, but the other one, um, he's already qualified for LVO and, um, 
he he has been very helpful in sort of pushing this list to the limits to see what I need to change on it. Stuart. Stuart's the other Adam. I yeah, that's his last it. Name. <laughs> I, I knew it was an S, but I kept wanting to say Savage, which Adam Savage <laughs> is a completely different person. So do we just get a new nickname for Adam? Is that what just happened? Yeah, I think that uh, I think yeah, that might be right. the way. Yeah, savage. I like it. <laughs> it fits his play style too. Like he has a very savage play style. So respect. He uh, does. He he is brutal, especially with uh, he's on Cosmic Ghost Rider right now. And man, that character is a beating. Just shred some stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, before we close out the main episode, I know we already kind of shout out some players, um, but if there's anyone you want to like, you want to shout out your store or if you have any other projects, I don't know if you do any other podcasts, but I always like to give people uh, an opportunity to uh, um, shout out any of the things that they're working on. And even if that may just be your, your, your home store, um, this is your chance. Uh, yeah, so uh, my home store, definitely. Uh, Nomad Games and Hobbies in Edmonds. Um, they have been very helpful. Um, you know, they're open seven days a week at this point. They're always open late for us to finish games out. They always provide spaces, even on off days, for us to come in and practice and test things. Nice. Um, and the shop owner's just a really great guy. Uh, super nice and tends to help out in any way he can. Um, gonna gonna do, bug him to run a qualify try to run a qualifier next year. Uh, I'm gonna try to. Um, I know we actually have an event there on the fifth of next month. Um, if people, it's up on Long Shanks. If anyone's in the area and wants to come in and play, um, we some, also do our typical Wednesday Marvel nights. If people want to come in and play there, um, yeah, just a lovely guy, lovely community. Uh, could not have asked for a better game store. Awesome. And it sounds like it's pretty close for you guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, me personally, I live maybe a five minute car ride away from it. Oh, that's always, that's always super convenient. Yeah. It definitely makes, uh, testing and, th- and stuff a lot easier. All right. Well, you're, you're already qualified. Are you, are you playing in the, uh, the Mox qualifier that's basically right after this? Uh, I'm not. Um, I had planned on it, but one of my friends is doing a Christmas in July party on that Saturday, and so I'm going to do okay. that instead. Um, I do have plans to go to a couple more qualifiers, just to uh, sort of dream crush a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, keep keep sharpening that steel. Get ready for the get ready for the invitational. Exactly. I know there's one up in Portland here pretty soon that we're going to go to, and then there's one up in Canada that we're going to try to make it to. Oh, very nice. Yeah, um, get so get all the practice. Yeah, absolutely. That's the big thing. Um, I'm really after playing with her tonight. I'm really big on Ancient One in that tenth slot, and I really want to get more practice in with her. Yeah, I Ancient One. I threw her on the table last when I was testing out some Guardian stuff, and I was just like, "Holy shit! This character just does so much. Like anything she, that just gives her a little bit extra just kind of makes her feel insane." Yeah, absolutely. And on top of the the Mystic Pierce, you know, she has the pull whenever someone tries to hit her. So more character control, controlling where they're standing, things like that. Yeah, that can be super awkward for, you know, the the offensive team that like wants to put damage on you. And then she's like, okay, well, you now you're not on the point anymore. So enjoy that. Yeah. Or pulls them into range of someone else killing them. 
It's, uh, well, you wanted to hit me, now you're not on the point. I'm going to hit you twice, and then I'm going to place on the point after I'm done. Nice, nice. Okay, so one last Wakanda question for you. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite team from this roster? Like, if you got to pick a threat level and then assemble your characters, what is your favorite team to play and put on the table with it? Oh, that's easy. Uh, 20 point threat. Uh, M'Baku, Black Panther, Killmonger, Hulk, um, Okoye. Nice. That's medicine. You got four, four Wakandans in there, plus Hulk. Hulk hung out in Wakanda a few times. Yeah. And, you know, starting Hulk with four power on turn one is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> yeah, because he, cause he really needs that extra extra power generation. Yeah, you know, low, low, low power character definitely needs a little boost here and there. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's underrepresented, so it's good that he gets a little gets a little extra in there. Exactly. Um, has the leadership really been uh, kind of solid for, like, pushing Hulk up a notch? Um, I mean, the leadership has been solid for pushing anyone with a wild trigger up um it's kind of one of the reasons i'm so down on black panther is just he doesn't have that wild trigger on his builder so he doesn't really get much from the leadership other than the point of extra damage um gotcha yeah pretty much anyone that does anything special on the wild um it just adds a little extra oomph to it yeah man sometimes when hulk's hitting those wilds it gets really gross so yeah, um, All right, man. there for a little while it was Immortal Hulk, and getting throws on the wilds was really nutty. <laughs> oh yeah, his getting uh, getting a throw on the builder is is kind of it's kind of nuts. But I yeah. imagine the seven threat gets a whole lot harder to work in. Yeah, it means you can't realistically bring him at twenty without dropping one of your fours for a three, which is not something you want to do at twenty. Yeah. So is it more of a thing where you'd play like the three fours and then him at 19? Is that kind of what you would do? Yeah, I would absolutely do that. Um, I would even consider dropping one of the fours for a three at 18 to play him. Um, but once you hit 20, I think the other, the other rosters can just fill too many models for you to have uh, twos and threes on the table. Yeah, I can see that. All right, man. Well, I I hope for the best for you in the future games and continuing to represent um, represent Wakanda. Um, and I think this will be a good spot to close out the episode. Obviously, we're going to do a little bonus content for the for the patrons. Um, pick Frankie's brain a little bit more. Maybe talk a little bit more Wakanda. Um, but man, Frankie, thank you so much for recording with me. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This has been a great time. Well, you have been very insightful, and I really appreciate you sharing your kind of insight um, with the community. And I hope we see a little bit more Wakanda action come back in the meta. So, again, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. And I will close out the episode by saying in the past, I would say the most OP thing was Wakanda Forever. But in Frankie's honor, the most OP thing that you can do is Spirit of Wakanda. Later, nerds. <laughs>